beautiful people. Welcome to the Concealed Scars podcast. And today I have Londra and Nana on here as my guests as we talk about pre and post grad depression and anxiety. Thank you both for coming and joining me today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. I'm really excited. Yes. Yes. Londra, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Um, hi. My name is Elandra Snells. Most people just call me Landra. Um, I'm a recent grad of the Great Bethune Cookman University. Uh, my major was elementary education. And then because of how difficult my program is, a lot of people don't think elementary education is hard, but it's very difficult. <laughs> so my program was, um, I had to switch over to liberal studies. But I do have um, some background in early childhood education, and I'm continuing on to deaf education for a master's degree program. Yes, for the deaf education. Yes, ma'am. That's I love different. That. I love that. Nana? Okay. Hello, everyone. My name is Nana Quanton. Um, I graduated from Bethune-Cookman University spring 2017 with my bachelor's of science in business administration. Um, from there, I went to Buffalo State in Buffalo, New York, where I obtained my first master's in higher education and student affairs administration. And now I'm at Florida State University um, getting my master's in business administration. So I know it's a culmination of three different degrees, but I promise you it's going to all make sense once I graduate. So, <laughs> Hey, as long as you know what you're doing, that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, got, I got two different pathways I'm going on. I got deaf education. That ASL mm-hmm. interpretation, it's all gonna connect. It's gonna make mm-hmm. sense. It's gonna make yeah. sense. And then me myself, I'm also a graduate of the Great Bethune Cookman University, Hill Wildcat. Um, and I have my BS in gerontology, which is pretty much the study of old people because not pe- many people know what gerontology is. Mm-hmm. So it's the study of aging. So I work in an assisted living facility, but I'm currently in school for my master's in social work at UCF. Oh, um, my friend Genesis does that. All right, Genesis, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so, I'll start off. I know for me personally, the anxiety I had between graduating high school was very different from the anxiety I had graduating college. Mm-hmm. High school, I was okay. But then it's kind of like, I'd never been away from home. So it was like, ooh, my mom and daddy ain't gonna be with me. They ain't paying for nothing, but they still paying for something when I go to school. But it's like, dang, I don't know all this stuff. Like, I still call my mama today, like, um, what is my social security? I don't, like, I don't be knowing this stuff. And then now you sending me off. It wasn't nowhere but up the street to Daytona. But it's just a matter of, okay. I really have to do stuff on my own. And that was my anxiety from high school to college. Now my anxiety from college to the real world, that was a whole different ballgame. And I was an emotional wreck my senior year. It didn't look like it, but I was an emotional wreck. Mentally, I was not there, especially that spring semester. Oh my gosh. I was everywhere. But... I'm gonna let y'all talk. <laughs> so how did how was it? What was the difference between y'all graduating high school if you had any anxiety to graduating college if you had any anxiety? 
I mean, um, personally for me, um, I'm from Tampa, so Tampa is an hour away from Daytona. Mm-hmm. So when I was graduating my high school, it was like, okay, I'm nervous, but my nervousness and my anxiety from high school was because I didn't want to leave my ASL teacher. <laughs> and I didn't want to leave my ASL program because my mm-hmm. school in Tampa, um, my school is Tampa Bay Tech, my high school was. And um, it was a technical, I had, we, we, yeah, it was a technical program. And we basically, kind of like at Cookman, we had majors there. And you did whatever you did there. Um, and then you graduated with your concentration, whatever it was. But for me, the anxiety was, I didn't want to leave my ASL teacher. Because <laughs> I loved her so much. And I loved ASL. And, oh, for people who don't know what ASL is, it's American Sign Language. Um, but I love ASL so much. And I loved her. And I was like, I don't want to go. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, I, I, it's weird because you have a daily schedule and you get up at seven o'clock, you get out at three, you see your friends, and now it's like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, that, you have a lot of free time in college. Yeah, that's my only back to back. <laughs> yes. So when I got to Cookman, I was that that nervousness. I was like, what is this? what is this and I literally like I cried the day I was supposed to leave because I'm always under my mother like I'm a big mommy's girl I'm always under my mom. I love her <laughs> and <laughs> an hour away from her I was like what is this what is this <laughs> and I was like hold on and then I mean it was better because my sister also graduated from Stephen Cookman so I can call and ask her but still moving an hour away from my mother like you said like I'll still call my mama and be like um what is this <laughs> how do I do this <laughs> I'll call her and be like mommy how do I make a daughter's appointment I, I think make everybody do that <laughs> can you please make me a daughter's appointment <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, mommy, what's the insurance card number? What what am I supposed to say to this man? <laughs> I'll go into to, to I'll go into um the what you call it, what is it? The phone store and be like, um they'll be like, What's the password? And I'll be like, Hold on, let me call him one. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. But like you, when it was time for graduation, I was I was I was in this whole attack mode. Like, it was completely blank. I did not know what was going on. I made, I guess I made another motherly connection um, with my supervisor because I did work study. And my supervisor's name was Miss Adria Martin. And I love her. Like, she's my mom, too. And I was just, I get really attached to people. So I'm like, I got to leave you now? No. <laughs> and like even even something went wrong in the liberal arts department, that's where I worked at. I will always call her, but like, I don't know what's going on. I need you to help me. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like even now I'll still call her and I'll be like, help. Cause I don't feel like I'm an adult. I'm just I just got out of college. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just here. I don't I'm just, think any of us really know what we're doing. Uh-uh. We're just doing we don't. Stuff. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just here. And the structure of school, I've always had it. So once you're out of that structure, you're like, what do I, what do I do? Exactly. <laughs> and now I don't have any structures. I just wake up at one, like one p.m. in the afternoon, and I'm like, what? What am I supposed to do now? Right. 
and it's a different structure. Like even for someone like me who graduated during COVID times, once they moved us to online, there was no structure. There was nothing. I didn't have anything I had when I was at Cookman on campus. And it completely threw me for a loop. Like I was already having a hard time coming to terms with graduating and leaving behind Miss Martin and leaving behind Dr. Goldware, like leaving behind these adults that become became my parents essentially. But when they did that, when they were like, Yeah, y'all all gotta leave, like I feel like it cut my senior year short. And mm. I was severely upset because I didn't really get to say goodbye to anyone. Um and it made me just really mad. I'm like, <laughs> this didn't happen to no other class. Like, no other class experienced what Spring 20 did. See, and so, I'm glad I got you on here because mm-hmm. we both graduated before COVID. So we had mm-hmm. the chance to experience, like, a, a real senior year. And for you to have, like, spend half of your senior year before COVID and then the rest of it during COVID that's that's tough yeah and a lot of people tell us they're like it doesn't matter or you know I didn't do this or I didn't do that and I'm like yeah that's cool and all right for you that's fine for you you don't care about walking across the stage you don't care about doing any of that but guess what we do we want to we worked hard for it and we deserve to be able to do that I'm a first generation graduate Nobody in my family has ever made it to college. And I was the first one in HBCU at that. And I come from a low-income household, and we didn't get to walk across the stage. And it kind of felt like Cookman didn't really care about us because they literally just moved on. Hmm. Wow. Nana? <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate you sharing, Laundra. I couldn't even imagine, yeah. like, graduating during the pandemic. Like, my brother is in his first year of college at Cookman and I saw like how that shift was for him and how he had to adjust his senior year he didn't even get a prom like I feel Ooh. bad just overall like for this past incoming class but for me my experience with like graduating high school and then graduating college uh, I'll start with graduating high school so I'm the oldest of three I'm also from Orlando so for me my anxiety came from the pressure of having to lead the way for my siblings because I was the first in my family to go to college and also graduate from an HBCU. So like I have my younger sister, my younger brother, and I have that pressure from my, like my parents didn't say like, you know, like your brother and sister are looking up to you and you have to go to college, but they yeah. said what they yeah. said was <laughs> to go to college and lead the way. So the, the was, <laughs> yes. so the pressure was to go to go to college make a name for myself you know get involved you know really take in the whole experience and set myself up for life after college because even while you're in college you you can have your major but you're still figuring out yourself you're still you're still figuring out what you want to do what you like and all these passions are coming your way so then when people are asking you like once you get closer to your college graduation what do you want to do what are you going to do you look at them like uh, uh, I don't I even know what I'm doing tomorrow exactly, exactly. I can't even tell you what I'm doing the next hour like you ask what I want to do like next year I didn't even know or, what I did yesterday that's what I'm saying like college is a it's a blur like it's it's fun but it's so much going on and there's so much to handle and then people asking you what do you plan to do next so I would say like I more so had more anxiety 
when I graduated college because mm-hmm. from there it's like okay like being a first from I say for myself being a first gen uh, college student and having a father who's from Africa who didn't go to college and a mother who's from America who um, did not go to college as well they think that you know going to college you're automatically guaranteed a job like once you graduate you get a degree you should be making six figures right after you walk out and that's very much possible but mm-hmm. it just depends on your passions and your interests and the connections that you made in college and for me my interests were more so on student involvement and everything else and so what led me after college was going to school to get another degree so i was mm-hmm. okay I figured this out. I know I'm getting another degree, but the anxiety mm-hmm. just came from having to figure that out. Not only did I figure out how to get through college on myself, but now I got to mm-hmm. figure out how to get through a master's degree. And I really don't have nobody else in my family to talk to about this because nobody, I'm the first in my family to, to be doing what I'm doing. Yeah. So I would just say the anxiety just came from really trying to figure this out, making sure that I'm making the right decision. But then also anxiety also came from seeing peers like, on LinkedIn announcing, oh, I'm working for Google. Yes. I'm working for yes. I'm working yes. for Verizon. I'm working for Louis Vuitton. You like, oh damn, I'm going back to school to get another degree. Like, yes. Like, or, oh, you, you see that? And you're like, wait, I'm not doing any of that. Wait, yes. what am I doing wrong? Yes. I'm Yo. not doing any of that. And then you start to internalize it and you're like, damn, like am I really doing something? You know what I'm saying? So I just think, and this may lead to another point that if you may ask um Shaka, No, you good, y'all. I just feel like social media also plays a huge role in anxiety and depression when it comes to graduating because it's all about like people anticipate you to have this big announcement when you graduate like yeah you graduated but what's next and it's like okay I got to figure out what's next because yeah people don't expect me to graduate but they're also expecting me to come with this big announcement of my next move so I would say that's really where the anxiety came from and it, it may not be what people put on you but it's what it's what you put on yourself is because of what you see already mm-hmm. so that's what no. I, my story was. no exactly they don't really allow for you know time to think in. chill yeah yes. to chill <laughs> to, to chill to sit in and like another thing with that but you said like people are making all these big announcements the thing is that that, that got me is that I know you're not really supposed to, well, we're taught, especially for, for first gen or for people that were raised differently. For me, I'm, I was raised by my grandparents. So you're not really taught to to announce your failures, but I don't see that. All I see is I got this, this, and this. And I was like, you know what? I want to see someone, I, I don't want to sound bad, but I want to see someone struggling like I am. I want to see someone that's having a hard time who didn't get into the programs that they they wanted to get into, who didn't get where they got immediately after they graduated college. Because yeah. I didn't get into my ASL program. <laughs> it, it, I, I didn't, I, I got, I had everything perfect and I still didn't get accepted into it. And I was so upset. I was like, I'm not going to say anything. And I was like, hold on, no. I am going to say something. I'm going to announce that I didn't get into an ASL program, but I'm going to continue trying. Exactly. Because I never see it. I don't see yeah. it. talking about when they talk about their failures. And if someone is talking about their failures, they already are established somewhere else. Yeah, something uh-huh. that is from years ago. Years mm-hmm. ago, you're telling yeah. me about your failures. I mean, thank you for telling me about it, but like for someone at my age... 
currently like people don't think because you're 20 20 something plus years old that you still can't be impressionable mm-hmm. and you are and i'm very impressionable and if i if i don't see like someone you don't have to announce every single failure but you can be like yeah i didn't get this but i'm still gonna continue doing this yeah. something like that coming from my age that will hit me so much harder than a 30 40 year old man telling me yeah when i was your age I don't even know when you were my age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. And it's just a sense of, like, I know for me personally, I'm looking at, like, okay, I was told by somebody, like, after I graduated, because they weren't really aware or didn't really know, like, what my degree was in. So their interpretation of that was it's a pointless degree. And so I'm like, well, well, damn. Like, I just spent four years doing this just for you to tell me it's pointless because you don't understand what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, that messed me up. Like, you didn't help me with no homework. You ain't help me with no papers. You ain't give me no coffee. No, <laughs> give me no money. No money. Like, and you gonna sit here and tell me that my degree doesn't mean anything because it's not your typical nursing or business or like the the ones that are mentioned the most. And it'd be the people with no degrees. Mm-mm. Exactly. <laughs> they don't have, the, and you don't have to have a degree to be successful just in case anybody listening is yeah, trying no. to come to me you don't have to be you don't have to get a degree to be successful but it'd be the people that have no degrees they don't have anything Talk going for them junk. they don't do anything like they don't have any guys that wanted to do anything besides be at home you don't do nothing you don't you don't even work a normal nine to five but you got the nerve to tell me that my degree is worth it sir ma'am <laughs> i'll fight you <laughs> That's insane. That's insane. Like, during your senior year of college, we'll just stick on college for right now, for the rest of this. When did you feel the pressure the most? Fall or spring? Spring. What? Yeah, I, for me, I would say spring. Spring, first of all, my spring semester, my senior year was very interesting because not only was I graduating, but I was pledging at the same time. So, yo, <laughs> same, same. Not only am I trying to join an organization, but I'm trying to figure out what am I going to do after I hit that stage. Like, I have uh, graduate school interviews, I have graduate school applications to submit, I have a lot of things to worry about. So, I would say the pressure really hit like in the spring. Like, luckily, I kind of started my search in the fall. So, it really wasn't too much. So a lot of it, like in the spring, like the fall was more so the application process. The spring was more so, okay, like here's the nitty gritty interviewing, making the decisions, going out to the schools, trying to get the graduate assistantships, trying to secure funding, all of that. So I would really say spring is when I really felt the most pressure because I was just balancing. I was one, trying to pass my classes, pledging, mm-hmm. trying to, you know, get find the money to pay for graduation my stoves my pictures and 
you know, invitations. Because, you know, being first gen, like, and coming from a low socioeconomic background, slow down, take your time, Nana. Coming from a low socioeconomic (laughs) background, you have to really figure out everything on your own. Like, yes, you have family to support you, but you don't want to lean on your family and they already, you know, struggling as it is. So you're going to have to figure out what to do Right. So it's like, you got to figure it out for yourself. You got to support yourself. And so just with a culmination of trying to really figure all of that out was just immense pressure. And you got people still asking you, what you doing? What you doing? And you were like, damn, I'm trying to figure it out. Give me some time. Like, <laughs> give me time. You will see. Like, what I know, you will know. You'll know. Yes. <laughs> just let me cross the stage first. Yes. Let me cross that stage. Um, but that's what I would say for me. The spring semester was a, a lot of pressure. Nah, nah. Spring, spring was for me too. Cause fall, I mean, honest, fall, I was chilling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fall, I was just chilling. Nah. For me, um, it, it it was spring also, and it wasn't it wasn't from the same way from from Nana's perspective because where I worked at, um, cause work study where I worked at, I saw graduate applications every day. I saw them, I reviewed them, I went over them, I ran them. From the liberal arts building to the the um what's that building over there? Is it Harrison Rose? No, I, I was in Harrison Rose and I ran it to um where English and all and 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 communication all in classes. I forgot where it is. Um, I know what you're talking about, but it's not yeah. right now. The building right <laughs> across from the business building. <laughs> Oh, um, that yeah, was, I know it. <laughs> yeah, that was I ran stuff over there to Mr. Peacock. Like I was, I was working. I, so I saw a graduate. I knew how it. Go, I knew how it went. I knew what to do. And if I didn't know what to do, I had Miss Martin there. The the the, the spring definitely was because, like y'all, I was pledging. <laughs> I pledged. I pledged. I had work study, and I was a resident assistant. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because yes. RAs can't do anything. <laughs> we we cannot, and we were in the middle of changing and getting a new dean. Oh, and we had we had meetings, but like it was very. That was where my my stress lied because I wanted to. I wanted to play since I stepped foot on campus. Soon as I saw, because there was a particular group that helped me move in, and I loved them since then. <laughs> and I was like that, and it was it was I was influenced even before that because my my aunt's one, um, and my older sister is one, and I was like that I'm doing that I'm doing that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. So freshman year, that, and my senior year came and I was like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it I'm I'm caring about success do it, and my mama was like don't you have all this I don't care. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I saved money and, and just like Nana, it was a I don't wanna lean on my family type of deal. You know, low economic status, first gen, um, being raised by grandparents who are in retirement. So mm. I'll save the money. Uh, I I get money I got money from work study. Um and because of all the scholarships I got, I got that money instead of it going back to Cookman. I saved all that. Yeah, saved all that. Was trying to buy, you know, um, robes. I got a scholarship, like a little, a little grant to be able to buy my, um, my stoles, my robes. Um, I ain't buy no, I ain't buy no books. I ain't do that. <laughs> it was me and Google. It was me and Google. 
I don't think people really started. Like, I think after your freshman year, if you didn't buy books, then you kind of stopped after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like doing getting all that, but 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 spring, spring always get me. Fall never get me. Fall just seemed real chill, but spring, spring always came up on me. And was like, what's up? <laughs> like I'm and here. Like, no, I'm good. And I think it was that that I think with all of that, it was also my senior paper because. For someone like me who, um, what's the word? Is it newer divergent? I think that's the word. Um, someone that got mental illnesses. Um, <laughs> for someone like me, the way that they want like, papers to be done, yeah, I, I'm, I can't do it that way. I have folks that, certain professors that need um, like rough drafts and like outlines, I don't do those. I, like, I, I can't, I don't know how to do them. So I'm like, um, I don't know. So like, I literally just write the paper from start to finish, fix it and turn it in. That's, that's all I got for you. So it was my senior paper combined with all the other things I mentioned that really stressed me out in spring. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, no. Like y'all, spring really hit me. And, you know, fall every year from freshman year onto senior year, fall was like a breeze. I don't know what it is about fall for me, but fall was so much easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Senior year, that spring semester, I'm like, what in the world is going on right now? Because just like y'all, I was pledging. I was trying to pledge. And I'm just like, okay, they saying we finna do this. Okay, let me, um, let me call up some people because different from y'all I'm a first generation out of my immediate household I can put it like that if that makes sense no, but, okay and I did have like the financial support I needed to get everything for graduation and to place the sorority that I pledged but it was just a matter of I was doing that. It's senior year. I'm president of another organization and they were stressing me out. And then I was having medical issues and that took a toll on me from like the end of fall all the way until I graduated to the point where like, I'm glad, I'm so happy people didn't say how bad I looked to my face because I knew how bad I looked. Like my eczema was on 10. So it was to the point where like I could not walk like it hurt to walk like anywhere like my legs were so swollen like that's how bad I was like the whole spring semester and it was just it was a lot so all that combined into one I was just like you know what I did all this work because they was like you need to go home I'm not going home Mm -hmm. I didn't work this hard I've been waiting long enough just to join this and then you want me to not walk the stage for this and not walk the stage to graduate I bet I get up here mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet you I, listen, I show you I get up there I'm gonna show you I'm gonna get up there if I gotta roll up there I'm getting up there I don't care how they got me up there listen for me in both graduation and when I played I had on Nike slides I don't care I had on Nike slides for both because my feet couldn't fit in my shoes. 
so that's like I'm gonna finish this and then after graduation they was like you want to um be with your sisters like honestly I'm ready to go now because I did what I needed to do I don't feel good I just I need to lay down me- I need to lay down. Just <laughs> mail me my degree. Um, let me figure this stuff out. What you finna? And then here come that question. So what's next? Right now, going home. <laughs> That's Just what's sleep. next. I'm gonna go home. Like I can't. Like that anxiety, and then the depression of like, okay, now I'm home. Like once I got better, like now I'm home. Okay, what am I doing? Because I didn't get a job straight out of college. I honestly wasn't really was trying to figure out what I'm doing so I wasn't really looking like I should have been looking but I was looking I did get a job like a month after like two months after I got home but it's just a matter of finding one that goes with my field because I didn't want to do anything not in my field and that's what a lot of people like don't understand just because you're in a certain field doesn't mean you're going to get a job in that field Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people get misconstrued sometimes, especially if they haven't had that experience. They don't know, like, okay, you got your degree. Okay, here's your job. Like, no, these people is not hiring. <laughs> They're not, not hiring. Just because not. it says BS. Yeah, it is. It's a bunch of BS. Like, it's not, you're not. No, like, honestly, they think BS is a, is a requirement now for, like, just normal jobs. You're like, no. Oh, you're, supposed, you're supposed to have a bad. What do you mean? It used to be you just needed a high school diploma. Well, you. It keeps moving up. No, you need a master's to get what you really want or a doctorate to really get the job that you mm-hmm. really, really want. This yes. BS is just to say that I got it. Like, yes, I if I know was some be a stuff. high school diploma, I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's serious, but I'm so glad we all made it, though. You know, we Thank all did what Jesus. we had to do. Yes, we got what we said we was gonna get. We joined what we said we was gonna join, and we got the degrees, and we still getting degrees. Whether it get us to where we trying to go or not, but it is anyway. We ain't even gonna speak that into existence. So. Yeah. <laughs> My next question: How long? Not how long. Um, like we had already talked about, like seeing social media and seeing everybody getting these amazing jobs. Did you ever get that sense of feeling like, dang, I'm happy for you, but it's like I'm also a little bit jealous, yeah. envious yeah. that like. Yeah, I'm so happy to use this or bro, but ah, damn, I'm mad. Like, (laughs) I'm a little (laughs) bit. Yes, yes. Like, I um, I was. That's a lot of things. People like your real friends won't won't be you know angry or upset with you. And while that is true, you have to understand that people are humans are humans. You're gonna have emotions, and if you see someone in your same age gap. And they're doing these amazing things. You're like, why aren't I doing these amazing things? Now, there's a difference in you being, you know, jealous or upset at them for doing these things or trying to hold them back. Mm-hmm. But being upset or jealous because you haven't reached, you haven't felt like you reached your full potential like they yeah. have. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's something that, to me, that's okay. Because I've yeah. had that. I've had that several times. I still have it. I'll see people in my age crowd doing this. 
and I, I I'm very proud of one of my friends. Her name is Genesis Davis. She she's amazing. She she's a beautiful soul, and she's doing so good. She has her own makeup line. She gets sponsorships. She's in a master's degree program to do education currently right now, and I'm so proud of her. And I'm like, you got so much going on, and we are in the same age. And I'm so proud of you. But girl, I'm so jealous of you because you have a direction you know you want to go in, and I'm just sitting here like. Cause I want to do so much. Mm-hmm. I want kid. I want to do things with children. I want to do things with early childhood. I want to be a librarian. I'm like, I want to do so. Much. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I definitely get some of the feelings sometimes. I definitely do think as well. Like it's for me. I wouldn't say I was necessarily like jealous, but I was like, dang, I could have done that. Like, yeah, it was that's degree. the wrong word, but that's the only way I could describe what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah, it's like you, you like, like I said, like I like I know the type of lifestyle I want, and I'm gonna get it. I'm not gonna stop till I get it. I'm gonna say that right now. Yes. But when I see or when I saw peers like secure these large corporation jobs, I'm like, why did I do that? Like, why am I going to school to get another master's degree? But I had to understand that everybody's plan is not the same and God places you where you need to be placed, you know what I'm saying? And so you could be getting that six-figure job, but are you happy? You know what I'm saying? So I had to get to a point where I was like, okay, like yeah, you could do that, but you didn't do it. Look what you got going on now. Take it for what it is and move forward. It's no point in sitting around looking at, comparing yourself to what somebody else got going on because you guys, you, at the end of the day, you are going somewhere so you have to be happy and understand that you know regardless of the fact you still have something going on for yourself but again i just think like like i say social media makes it hard to not be jealous and it's mm-hmm. not that you're like jealous like oh i can't stand you jealous but you're like dang yes. like what if that what am i me? doing wrong <laughs> what am i yeah what am i doing yes. wrong like I'm oh, like what if that was you. me? Right. Yeah. What if that was me? Like I'm happy for you. I'm 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 excited. Like black yeah. excellence, all of that. Like I love it. But it's yeah. like, dang, what if that was me? And it's so hard to not compare yourself because again, those big announcements, everybody yeah. is drawn to what people got going on. And yeah. like Launch said, nobody ever announces their failures or what they didn't achieve. So it's like when you constantly see somebody posting, like, oh, I got this, I got that. And you're like, damn, like, how are they doing it? Like, why am I not doing that? And it just, it just, over time, it takes you down. But for me, what worked was understanding that everybody's plans are the same. And what I have going for myself is what is meant for me. And I have to be happy and trust and know that God is going to lead me to the desires of my heart. So. Amen. Yes. Yes. You better preach. Yes, preach to us. Come on now. (laughs) That word will get you through now. I'm telling you, that word will get you through. So it will. It will. <laughs> How did y'all um like throughout all that? We're going back to like graduation and like post graduation. How did y'all deal with that type of anxiety and depression? Or like when did you notice like your mental state after graduation isn't where you like really wanted it to be? So I I have this journal that nobody ever has ever seen and I don't allow anybody to see it because I've had this journal since 2005. I got this Ooh, journal. That's a journal journal. Yes. I got this journal when I was in elementary school. You know what? I used to have the scholastic book fairs. You'd be like, well, yeah. I have money because I need to get out of class order to go to the book fair. So <laughs> yeah. I, that's where I got that journal. And the reason I brought that up is because I literally, my, like, if if something were to happen to me, it's one person I would tell to get this journal 
because my entire life this is my sister i would tell my sister to get this journal yeah. because my entire life is in that journal and i actually was when i we were talking about doing the podcast i was looking in my journal just to kind of like look at to see where i was around graduation Mm-hmm. And I was like, I literally in my journal, I wrote, I feel stuck. I feel stagnant. I feel no. like I was like, <laughs> in a, I was in a space of like negativity. And I was just like, that's when I knew like I was depressed because it was like, I have stuff going, but I just mm-hmm. still feel stuck. Like, you know, in college, like college is its own world within itself. Like you, you're on mm-hmm. campus and that's your world. Like, you yeah. know, when you leave your hall, you go into the calf, and if your friends tell you they went to the calf without you, you go catch your attitude because you're like, "Why you went to the calf without me? We always go." But exactly, exactly. And I gotta sit by myself feeling like I got no friends because y'all went without me. But <laughs> when you graduate college, you're now back home. You're back with your family, and it's like, yeah, you got your friends from high school, but some of them have moved on in life some have kids some got married some are still doing the same thing they was doing in high school and so yeah. you're not on that mindset anymore so you're in a period of like i i, I called it stagnant but you're looking in a period of regeneration because you're kind of going to your next level but you don't see it that way you just see it like oh what am i doing because no i'm not doing anything in this actual moment so that's what i would say for me that summer like literally i was happy across the stage i was happy you know, I was the first in the family to graduate. But when I got home, I was like, damn, I'm really back home. Like, <laughs> no. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm going to school, but I ain't going to school till like August. So what am I going to do from the end of May till the end of July? Like, in mm-hmm. just that period of there, like I said, what I wrote in my journal, literally stagnant, like stuck was the words that I wrote. And that's how I knew I was depressed because I wasn't, I wasn't really excited for the next step. I was just so focused on where I was in that exact moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I like that. What what term you say? Regeneration. Yeah, re- regeneration. Regeneration. I like regeneration. that. That's, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I I would kind of say I'm the same as Mama. I was in the as someone who suffers from depression. I I I am diagnosed with with um major depression disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, there is a difference, and a lot of people be like, "Oh, what do you mean? I mean you're always depressed." No, <laughs> I'm not always depressed. Um, but there is a difference when it came to me noticing that, like now I said, I wasn't even excited to move on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, some part of me was like, "I want to stay here," <laughs> just because this has been your life for four years. Mm-hmm. Four years of your life, from whatever age you stepped out of high school, it's been four years of your life. Four years of these professors that you've networked with. Four years of these peers that you've done, you've been friends with. These organizations, like I, I really was like, I don't want to leave. And I'm from for someone like me who creates very close connections with professors. Like my favorite professor is Dr. White and Miss Duncan, and. Um, I, I I love both of them to, to pieces. They they're they're my friends on Facebook. I know they be trying to whoop me because I'm the stuff they posted, but I love them. <laughs> I love them to death. So I was like, I don't I don't want to leave. And kind of like now now uh, when when I once I realized I was like, yo, I'm really am stuck. I told my supervisor. Uh, I spoke to Miss Martin. I was like, 
I'm stuck. She was like, stuck on what? What do you need help with? And I was like, no, like, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where to go, what branch to take off of, what, where to go. Like, what do I, what do I do? And she was like, do you mean for like college or like jobs? And I'm like, no, I just mean in general. Life. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I, I am currently stuck. And like for, for I don't know about anyone else who may have the diagnosis that I did, but for me that was like a different type of feeling, a different type of depression. Like I like I felt that like on my chest, like wait. Mm. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what's going on? And then COVID didn't make it any better. Like it it it, it doubled it. <laughs> and just now there was no chance for goodbyes. There's no chance for um, like a gradual type of build up to be able to um, accept it. I guess they're, they're, I wasn't accepting it. That's that's a good thing. I wasn't accepting okay. that I had to move on. I, I was very much in denial that I had to move on. And um, I I think my last session that I had with Miss James, um, the mental health uh, person on campus. I told her that I was like I feel very stuck I am not accepting that I have to move on I guess into an adult an actual adult world because I don't feel like I'm adult enough because mm-hmm. I see my sister who was my age but when I was a sophomore a sophomore and mm-hmm. she had a car she had a job she was engaged at that point and here's me now at, at 25 and I'm like I got a degree, I got certifications, and I'm in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? What's going on? And for someone like me who has done school back to back to back to back, I realized yeah. also, and I was very proud of myself once I realized that, that I needed to, to stop. I, I was burnt. I was burnt out. Yeah. I was like, I needed to stop. So before I went to go to my next master's program, I took a year off. A whole year, the whole year of the pandemic, I did. I didn't. I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, Sometimes I went. You need that. I went out. Yeah, I went out traveling um, with my partner because he he's a truck driver, and I was with him the whole pandemic <laughs> because I I was like. My immediate brain and my immediate conditioning was to go immediately back into school or immediately go to something else. And I was like, no, because that's what's going to get you back in that stuck feeling and, and hopelessness feeling again. And I, I can't have that. Like, I, I, my brain cannot handle it. I can't do it. So I was like, we're, we're, we're going to relax. And it did. And I just got home a couple of days ago. And like, I feel a little way more better than I did a year ago. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're feeling better, and you got your chance to like take that year off and like get your mind right to like even do anything. So I'm glad you're at this point. And I also wanted to thank you for like being vulnerable to like share that you have you know major depression disorder. I know that's not something a lot of people like to talk about, but thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that. Oh I, yeah, I didn't no, know that. I'm very. That's one thing I I I, I, I would love to do. My mom was like, "You should really go be a therapist." And I'm like, "Mom, 
I can't even handle my own brain. <laughs> but I'm, I like to be very open, especially. I hope this is okay to say, but especially yeah, for no, black for, for black people and black children and black young adults, it's it's. I feel like it's very important for us to talk about mental health because the way our culture is and the way we are raised, there's no outlet. Yes, there's no way to do that outside of go to church. And I'm like, I love God. I love Him. I love him. I love the word. But sometimes, sometimes God is pointing me to a, a specialized person that can help me outside of his word. And or they're pushing me through his word. And I need to go speak to someone. And I feel like mental health is something that it actively needs to be talking about within our community. So I'm very open about saying, hey, I have this. I have anxiety. I have depression. I I I am autistic. Like, I, I have all these things, but that doesn't change the fact that, hey, I made it through college. With all of these things on me, you can do it. And if you need help, if you need someone to talk to, you can come talk to me. I understand how hard it is. I understand that you don't feel like anyone's on your side, or you feel like you cannot do it. I've, I've had those days. But you, you, can, you can come talk to me. You do not have to ball it up. You do not have to go to the church all the time to, to, to have those feelings or only speak to God about those things. You, you can talk to me. I, I promise you. I ain't got to say nothing. I'll just sit there and listen to you. I, I, I feel like that, that will help a lot of other people like me or coming up if openly talking about things that are going on inside your brain and to understand there's nothing wrong with having these, these, these labels. They're not negative. It's a part yeah. of you. And you you don't have to train them out. You have to train them away. You can speak about them, and there are steps and things to help you navigate your world or whatever path you're going through with them. I'm proud of you for doing that. For real, for real. <laughs> I'm proud of both of y'all. Because <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all are doing so well, and this is just so good because it takes a lot, like. Had I not done this or asked y'all to be on this, I would have never known all the stuff that I know. And we don't know who's gonna actually listen to this. And we've got other people that just graduated through a pandemic or Mm -hmm. just graduated in general and could be going through this same exact thing. Like, it's only been a couple of weeks, so they might not, like... It might not have hit them yet if it does hit them, but this is something they can listen to be like okay I'm not the only one because mm-hmm. when I made this initial post on Facebook on whether or not should I do an episode on post-grad depression I was not expecting the responses I got like I had 30 something comments I'm like whoa yeah when I saw that I was like yes, yes it wasn't was even it wasn't even it wasn't even for me to, to join in because I didn't think I was going to do this <laughs> I was just like, yes, that needs to be talked about. That needs, I need, and I, I, I will, I will, I listen to your other podcast anyway. But I was like, that, that would be something that I would sit on, like live if I could. Like, yes, that is not talked about at all. It needs to be talked about because people say like it's not medically diagnosed. I'm like, okay, everything doesn't have to have a medical diagnosis. Like whatever but it's just a lot of people won't 
understand what it is if they haven't been through it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about it. Whether it's high school or college, because there's a lot of peer pressures and stuff that can put on a high schooler whether they go to college or not. Like they can be depressed during high school. You can be depressed at any time, but just that specific time graduating and trying to figure out, do I want to go to college? Do I want to go into the service? Do I immediately want to move away and start working? Like, that's a lot because you still have everybody asking, what's next? I don't know what's Mm -hmm. next. I don't know. What are you doing? Exactly. (laughs) How are your kids? Yeah, how are you doing? How are your kids? Like, what what's going on? Why are you, you didn't even tell about me hello? You just immediately asking me, "Hey, so what's you well, Hey, how you doing? I'm doing fine. I ate today. Like, yeah, I got some sleep last night. Did you? Yeah, <laughs> like, there's no, there's no consideration of feelings. There's no consideration of mental health. It's just, what are you doing next? Mm-hmm. Are you going to support me with whatever I do next? Are you gonna get some Did you send me money to put on so I can get mm. some extra food? Because I don't even want the cash tonight. Did you send me five dollars? Mm. Exactly. <laughs> send like, me something. Like a, a good morning or something. Hello. Um, not, not the. What are you doing? What are you doing? Mm. <laughs> like that aggravated me. And I think yes. like that right there. That question in itself. What's next? oh so what are you going to do now that really like pushed my anxiety and like the depressive state I was in immediately after school like why do y'all keep asking me this <laughs> yes like why do I the question is I always want to ask back why do I have to do something else why does it have to be immediate yeah <clears throat> why, why do I have to do something next? why can't I just say congratulations Exactly. Yes. Why can't you just end it at I'm proud of you? You did this. Ooh, yes. Like, why is it always okay, what's next? Why do I have to go on this continuous draining cycle? This way you get these older older generation adults, these grandpas and grandmas and all these people who are mentally ill, who have depression and are upset from working this lifestyle continuously because their parents pushed on them, okay, what's next? Keep going. Mm-hmm. What's next? Mm-hmm. Keep going. I, I'm not. I, I can't. I can't roll at that anymore. I can't do that. I, I literally had to. For for me personally, it's gonna sound silly, but I have to speak to myself. I have to talk to myself and be like, no. Nothing wrong with that. I was like, no, no, we're not. We're, we're not doing this. No. Once I finally had that realization that honestly, nothing needs to be next right now. Mm-hmm. What needs to be next is for me to chill out because if I do not chill out, there's going to be another burnout, and mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think people are going to like the next burnout that I have. So, no, there, there, there doesn't need to be nothing next. Um, yeah. what's next is for me to lay in this bed and eat this ice cream, <laughs> <laughs> and, and we don't give ourselves that grace either. And yeah. I know a lot of, a lot of first gen guys we don't give ourselves that grace because I feel like a lot of people who aren't first gen don't understand our struggle even the pressure we put on ourselves to make sure that we are our parents like shining star or their greatest achievement because they didn't they didn't get this far but mm-hmm. their firstborn child did mm-hmm. so it's like yeah I, I hated that question too like what's next nothing moral of that is please stop asking me graduate 
what's next. If we don't tell you, please don't ask us. Don't ask. Because it's, it's, it's so... Like, I get what you're saying. We understand. But it's so irritating and anxiety building. Like, I'm, I don't know. Like, we don't know. We still trying to figure out. We done been out. People done been out three, four years and still don't know what's next. Mm-hmm. I don't think you ever really know what's next. You know what you want to do, but you don't know exactly what's next. You don't. And life can throw you any type of curveball. Like, I feel like the only people that kind of really know what's next for them or whatever is people that got money. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they, 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 they have the funds to be able to not, I guess, worry so much about what's next. But for individuals like us, um, and I don't want to assume you guys' financial state, um, yeah, no, but, but for people who, who aren't super rich, I'm going to say it up there aren't super rich like Bill Gates rich like <laughs> oh I don't think either one of us on here is yeah. Bill Gates rich no. <laughs> <laughs> or, or some, like them up there they don't really gotta worry about that what's next they can take all the time in the world <laughs> kinda and we're like mm, I, gotta that. I gotta figure it out like we may be uh, uh, like for, for me personally, you know, even in a low-income household, we're a comfortable low-income type of deal. So, it's okay. But, like, <laughs> we still on that, okay, what, well, I gotta figure it out kind of immediately in the future. Yeah. Soon, uh, I, I can't waste time. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm gonna just ask y'all like, two more questions and then y'all agree. So, what's some type of advice you would give someone? For the class of 2021, what class? What advice would you give them if they're going through some type of anxiety or have been through some type of anxiety or depression post graduation or leading up to their graduation? Oh, <laughs> um, I would say probably looking back. I would probably say it's hard to say it's we're making it a bigger deal than it is mm-hmm. because we're, we, we, we're not but we are in a sense I just think it's that pressure and it's, it's just I would say my advice would be to if you do have a religion or if you, you know you do have faith or if you do have someone that you can talk to that you trust to talk to like talk to somebody about it like, don't try to contain it and hold it in yourself um, because that can lead you to a road of destruction. But I would also say to be proud of yourself. Like, give yourself a pat on the back for even being in a position to think about what's next. You know what I'm saying? Be proud of yourself to that you're in a position to, one, make this big achievement to graduate, but two, again, like I said, also to think about what your next steps could be because a lot of people don't even make it to to the, the footsteps of college or the footsteps of high school. So mm-hmm. especially being black or African-American or a person of color to make mm-hmm. it to that milestone in life is a huge achievement. So I would say my advice would be to one, um, you know, stay grounded in your faith Two, talk to somebody three, uh, reflect and be proud of your accomplishments and know that you're going to go far. Um, and just really focus on putting in the work to get to where you want to be. Of course, you want to focus on the outcome. You want to know how everything's going to turn out, but 
you can't focus on what you can't control. So just really a culmination of all of that may help. Um, that's what I would do if I were to go back and be in my shoes of a senior graduate and pledging and all of those things just to take it one day at a time, talk to somebody, stay grounded in my faith and just be proud of myself to be able to even be in a position to make a decision on my next steps in life. I agree on that. Same, same. Um, for me, it, it's always number one, talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Please, please, please talk to someone. And I'm only saying this from someone who had a, a Baker Act scare. Mm-hmm. And the Baker Act scare was me. Mm-hmm. Please talk to someone. Do not get to the point that you need to be a Baker Act. Because mm-hmm. Baker Act is a very scary thing. Mm-hmm. And I got Baker Act at my. It was when I was becoming an RA. My first year of becoming an RA. I got Baker Act Because I was on a 10. <laughs> it was very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. So, always, if you can, if your school or your community has the resources, for you to speak to a mental health therapist, speak to someone. Because at 22 years old, I was calling my mother from a cordless phone inside of a hospital in a room with only a camera, a thin bed sheet, and no pool. I didn't have my phone. I didn't have any, um, you know, normal comfort devices. Um... I didn't have anything. And being distracted and not being told really what's going on is a very scary thing. And um, they don't really explain a lot. And imagine being put in handcuffs and in the back of a police vehicle. Because that's what happened. And I've, I've never been in trouble a day in my life to go off. And I don't want anyone to go through that shock that I went through. Because... I was like, why do I have to be in handcuffs? It's very scary. And I I, I was already on 10 and that took it over. So always before you reach 10, reach out to someone. Yeah. Talk to whoever you need to talk to to dwindle you down from 10. Because it's 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 very difficult. And like Nana said, if you have um, whatever your faith and whatever it lies in, seek out a mosque or seek out a church um, and speak to those in your religion to help you come to peace with what's going on inside of your brain. Mm-hmm. It's it's very necessary because I, I, I wouldn't want anyone, any of my residents or even my students, any of my kids to ever get to that level where I it's it's very important that you always make sure that you reach out in some type of way and it doesn't even if you feel like you're the most alone in the world i promise that someone's there because i didn't think that my resident assistant um colleagues didn't like me at all and once i found out that they were like no we like you we just know that you're a little shy and we were trying to give you time then i learned that i could speak with them 
So if you even you feel like you're at your lowest, you, I promise someone's there. Someone is there, and like Nana also said, be proud that you got to the step. Be just just tell yourself that you're proud. You don't need to hear it from no one else. Tell yourself that you're proud of yourself because you got this far. That was a big thing. I had to start telling. I had to start beating myself up. I had to tell myself, "You're a first generation college student." I graduate. Like, look at what you did. Like, list all these accomplishments you did. Look at what you did. And you didn't think you can do any of this with all of these handicaps, I should say, on you. But look at what you did. Like, I'm, girl, I'm so proud of you. I'm going to beat you up. Look look at what you did. It's okay. <laughs> it, it's fine. People fall down. But that, that doesn't mean that those accomplishments disappear. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're still there and you can still get more regardless of age no matter how old you are like you you can do it it, it it's okay but always reach out always try to pep and talk yourself up if you can um, writing things down truths um, in a journal or notebook also is very helpful personally for me when I write things down, I'm like, this is what you did. This is a fact. You got a degree. You yeah. you, you got a certification. You can speak this language and this language. You did all those things. Those things can, can really make or break how you feel about your mental health and how you see yourself going forward. But try to congratulate. Use that little head, a little voice in your head and be like, you are doing good. Don't let it speak negatively to you. I agree with all the statements that were previously said. Please seek help. I don't care who you talk to, whether it's a professional, one of your real close friends that you think will understand you the way you need to be understood. Like, don't sit and dwell on it because it will put you in a terrible state of mind that I don't want anybody to ever get in. Mm -hmm. Like, ever whether it has to do with this specific topic or any type of topic that'll put you in a depressive state, like talk to somebody or write it out just to get it up. Find some type of safe way to get it off your chest. Whether you write it, sing it, rap it, make a video, send a bat signal. I don't care how you get it off your chest. Get it off your chest. (laughs) Not that signal. Not that signal. Just get some help. Like, get some type of therapy or whatever the case may be. Do some yoga. Like, find something safe and productive to let off that steam. Uh Is what I'm trying to say. Uh Last question. And I'm going to let y'all go because y'all are amazing guests. What comes to mind when you hear the term concealed scars? <laughs> Not a second, one time. Yeah, so, I said, yeah. you think it. I don't know you why I do that. Every time I'm thinking, like, that's just like, I guess that's my mind said, okay, now we're thinking. Um, heard the question now we're thinking. You got it. You got it. You got to think. You the banking no, capital. You're good. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just playing. <laughs> Yeah, like, hmm, that's, mm. a, like, that's a great question. That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Concealed scars. I I feel like it's 
stuff that people can't see when I hear concealed scars. Like, it's hidden. It's a scar, but, of course, concealed means hidden, like a concealed weapon or something. But, like, just because, like, it's a scar doesn't mean it's, like, pain. Like, to me, a scar is actually strength because pain would be the scar not healing. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you see a scar, you look at the tissue that's built over that scar or just anything that you've recovered from. You just look at where you were to where you are now. You're like, damn, like, I've really grown. So a concealed scar is like that hidden strength that no one else knows but you. You know what I'm saying? And I feel Mm -hmm. like a scar doesn't even have to be like physical it can be intrinsic it can be mental it can be a wide variety of things and so when i hear concealed scars i just think about concealed strength that under under that under the under under wow why can i say the word that strength that no one else can see but you know is there um Mm -hmm. and it's just beautiful to know that everybody has concealed scars like i feel like everybody has them whether they want to acknowledge it whether they want to talk about it or not but it's beauty in having a scar because scars represent strength and they represent resiliency and overcoming that pain or that trauma or whatever occurs so i for me concealed scars is strength resiliency and just yeah that's what it is thank you okay i like that I can't. I can't add that. None of that. It's he, he. He's right, and I was. That's what I was thinking. Honestly, the same thing. I was like, it, it's it's hidden strength because you you don't you don't know what people are going through. And one thing my grandmother always told me is that be mindful. Yeah. You have no idea what's going to kind of break the camel's back that day, and you you could have completely changed someone by being kind you don't know what they're going through but concealed scars it's it's just that that hidden inner strength of of things that have happened to you throughout your life whether um, others know it or not that has built you to who you are today and they they're like little stepping stones I know you see that meme on Facebook every year with the black woman <laughs> going up the stairs. I'm like, we're still stepping to now. Exactly. <laughs> the, year, the year change. The year change every year. Like, <laughs> but for for us, for us, we, we actually gonna step on to better. Not not the same carrying the same load, but mm-hmm. I, that 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 that's how I see it. Um, the little stepping stones that were behind you, but there are also stepping stones in front of you. Um. And you're you're gonna continue to collect scars, whether they be good or bad. Scars don't always be bad. Mm. So it's 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 just inner strength that you're continuing on and you're carrying on things that have marked you and have shown that you're resilient. And you're like, hey, I'm still here. What's up? All right. As as much as we all hate this question, but what's next? <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, (laughs) I want to thank you both again for joining my podcast today and just allowing yourselves, whether you have had these discussions or not, to just openly discuss on this platform, let alone my platform on depression and anxiety in the terms of graduation. Thank you so much. I love you both.
thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm glad y'all enjoyed it. I ain't going to hold y'all up too much longer. I just want to thank everybody for listening and tune in for the next episode of Concealed Scars. There it is. Bye. Bye, y'all. <laughs>